and welcome to the Bald Tires Podcast. I'm Jay Thomas. This is part two, the second half of our podcast with Brad Marshall as my guest. Now, last time we talked about his career as a police officer, as well as his racing career. Today, though, we're talking about a couple of cars of his. First off, the car that I got to drive a few years ago, it was a dream come true, a 59 Cadillac. Yeah, the one with the big fins. Secondly, we're also going to talk about his 71 old 442 W30 that's sitting right next to us. So sit back, relax, enjoy, and all kinds of fun to come. Let's pick things up in Brad's garage. You're listening to Bald Tires, because when you make great memories, you make bald tires. Um, you know what? Let's let's talk about a couple of cars. Sure. Because there's a couple of cars. There's this one beside us. We'll get to that in a second. And let's talk about first that Cadillac. Yes. 59 Cadillac what? It was called a Series 62 or 6200 now that was was the, the body uh, number okay and uh so that was the baseline coupe it was, so it wasn't an eldorado nope it wasn't a coupe de ville wasn't an eldorado or a, it was the very it was the baseline cadillac coupe gotcha um so how i got that was by accident really um a friend of mine um contact me because he said i know a guy who's selling this 59 caddy and i'm thinking i want to get a classic car to restore and he said but you're more familiar with them than i am mm -hmm. with cars and i said sure let's go look so i uh, uh went over to this guy's house it was in his garage and it was a mess in town here yeah yeah okay. over uh off of Clarence Avenue and I think 10th Street area. Okay. And the, uh, but when I walked around the car, one of the things I noticed was it's all here. Mm. Even if something's bent. Yeah. If it's all there, you can fix it. Mm -hmm. Or somebody out there can fix it. Yeah, right. And with those old cars, like... And, and the 59 was something different because it was a one-year-only body style. So just so people understand, this is the year where the Cadillac fins were at their highest. They were at their thinnest, sharpest uh, angles. And it had the two rocket taillights yep. on each of the rear fenders. Yep. And it had a sloping trunk lid. In between the fins. In between the fins. Yes. Just it was a rocket ship. Well, it is the most probably iconic Cadillac that you can think of. Absolutely. You know, there's lots of amazing ones. There's, you know, the the '55 and all the all the '50 there stuff. Are, they they were all actually one year cars, really. Right. A lot of them were. Right. Yeah. Or at least they were so different that like the, even the the bodywork would not transfer year That's, to year. Yeah. Right. Hence Johnny Cash's song, "One Piece at a Time." <laughs> he, <laughs> <laughs> sneaks a Cadillac out of the factory exactly over about a 20-year period <laughs> exactly so um that 59 though yeah so you, you find it in the garage like this yeah it's not looking hot nope and uh, then what does your friend say um I like I sat down with my friend and I went through this you know this is what you're looking at doing you're looking at at the very least pulling the engine out and cleaning it up checking it out who knows if it'll even turn over 
Um, well, it wasn't even running. It wasn't running at that point. Okay. But the guy said, when I parked it, it was running. And the reason he parked it, I'll go back a little bit. The story I got was this car was in a barn. It was an actual barn find mm. on a farm outside Springfield, Illinois. Um, this guy goes down, buys it, takes the grill off mm-hmm. and attaches a tow bar right and flat toes it back to saskatchewan Uh oh gets it here decides i'm going to take it for a drive he actually goes uh i have the registration papers here when he registered it long form registration okay <clears throat> the first time he drives it he's driving down the street and the brakes go right to the floor uh-huh and he kind of t- you know oh look out and he the signpost, you, they weren't the, the nice square aluminum now that if you hit it, it breaks and falls over. <laughs> they were, you know, Round three, inch di- three inch diameter black pipe that, you know, and this thing, it, it hit the, one of these posts, Aww. put a big dent in the, in the uh, license plate surround. And he, uh, he, it scared him. He had it towed back home, put it in the garage, never did anything with it. So this is now about That's it. 30 years has gone by. It sat for 30 years. Yep. Holy smoke. Okay. Yep. But it was indoors. Yep. At least. And his wife finally said, get rid of that damn thing. Mm-hmm. And my friend's looking at it. I told him all this stuff and he decides not to. Okay. But he says, and this is the curse. My friend says, but the owner said he'd sell it to you for the same price. <laughs> uh, I go, geez. But it was $6,000. Holy cow. What a good deal. Yeah. I mean, 6000 bucks. you have to understand, for that car, like, those are the one of the most valuable it's, that are out it's there. It's the, basically the number three most desirable of the 59 Cadillacs, of, of all the different models. They produced about eight different models. It's a two-door? Two-door, hard, yeah, hard, hard top. top. So um, you essentially, on the side, you have six windows, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you got your vent window, you've got your uh, your door window, and then you have your back seat window. Yep. And so when you drop all, all the windows, you've got about six feet on each side of the car. It wasn't, a, if I, I can't remember this quite correctly, it wasn't a flat top car though, right? No, it isn't. Uh, the flat tops were totally different. Yes. Um, they had different rear window and everything. This was, uh, I referred to as a bubble top. Yeah. A, a coupe style. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And Pontiac, Buick, and Chevrolet all used the same frame. Yep. The X chassis frame and the same roof. And if you look, they use the same windshield. Oh, really? Yeah. And the windshields all go from the center out and they're really neat because they articulate and they come down on the side because yes. the window is curved pretty much 90 degrees at yep. the outside edges. Yeah, they do. And the windshield wipers, when they come up, the articulation and the mechanics of it, and it comes up and it the windshield wipers actually turn and go down the side. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't oh, know that. Cool. I've never seen that. And and my windshield wipers weren't working properly. I... I 
did a lot of studying and stuff to get them the electronics and the and the mechanics right and got them working it was a big thrill that's cool yeah um but the car the guy who owned the car the farmer he was a cigar smoker ah. um when we took the car apart with swisher sweets cigars <laughs> and inside the car there was so much staining from cigar smoke mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I should actually grab some pictures to show you. I did find them, but it was orange inside Oof. the car. You'd take a, a paper towel, wipe it on the window and it came off orange. Ugh. The headliner, um, this, this thing originally was a white body and it had a light blue uh, roof on it. Uh, oh, the kind of, you know, the, the cars that did like the fake vinyl roof. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but this was a really light blue called Britain blue. Okay. And, um, inside the car, the headliner, and I'm looking at this going, geez, why did they put a brown headliner in here? Well, when we dismantled the car, <laughs> that headliner was actually light blue, Robin's egg blue. Oh my gosh. That's how much smoking this guy did and, and stained everything inside the interior cleaning like we we did we worked really hard to salvage as much of the interior as we could yeah we were using uh and here's cleaning tip if you're working on an old car <laughs> vim with bleach oh. and a toothbrush wow to get into all the grooves of the old vinyl and uh months of work so and, you you got this thing home, and it yeah. was basically a, t- a total teardown. Yeah, it was. Um, we, uh, biggest thing, wanted to know, okay, will the engine start? Will it turn over? And uh, so, you know, get it on blocks. My youngest daughter hated it. She said, everybody thinks we're, you know, we're poor now. We've got a car up on blocks in our driveway. <laughs> 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 so don't worry about it, dear. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a different and, kind of car, sweetie. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and my wife, when I brought it home, she's like, what are you doing with that? And I said, it's not forever. It's just for now. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, just squint and visualize. <laughs> squint. <laughs> and so she went, okay. And she just knew it was going to be a money pit. But... Um, you know, we start checking things out and, you know, you, you, the biggest thing you're replacing all the rubber lines, all the hydraulic lines, anything yeah. to do with the brakes, you're tearing everything off. It took us three years just to get the car to a point where it was safe to operate on the street. Wow. So we we were able to get the engine running without tearing it down. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, just lots of work and checking things out and, you know, being very careful. Um, you know, it, you take, you know, we took the heads off, take a look. You went that far. Yeah. Wow. Okay. But we didn't do a complete teardown. No. Um, and you know, it, you just kind of go, okay, am I, am I confident in this far, going this far and putting it back together? Mm -hmm. Um, those things I learned very quickly <laughs> the first first day trying to take the tires off uh, on the left side. They used left-hand thread. No way. Yeah. So. Was that a Cadillac thing? 
Um, I'm not sure if it was a GM thing at that time period. Huh. But on that car, on the right side of the car, it was, uh, you know, lefty Lucy, righty tighty. And on the other side, it was lefty tighty. Yeah. Lucy. Righty Lucy. And uh, the, and, you know, I'm like, all this thing not coming off. And then you look, <laughs> geez, what's this little L at the end of the wheel bolt stud? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so, okay, well, let's try this the other way. Zing comes off. Yep. Um, so it's uh, you know just lots of learning. And you know how there used to be a commercial where it talked about at Cadillac we build them differently. Yes. And they really do. Um, you can look at you know even our classic cars from the '60s, '70s, '80s, um, and you look at the wheel molding, uh, stainless steel or chrome moldings on the wheel well. Yeah. And you'll see the screws, mm-hmm. right? On this 59 Cadillac, the moldings on all the wheels, they're like a piece of quarter round molding that you would have in your house. Oh. And they were actually bolted from the inside of the fender down. So when you went inside, you looked inside that, that wheel well, yeah. you couldn't see any bolts. And you got you got to think too that in the fifties, like Cadillac truly was the pinnacle yep. in North America, right? And, and, that, and the the equivalent of a Rolls Royce in Europe, yeah. And and no different really, yeah. Hand more so hand built, pretty much hand, pretty much hand built, yep. right? Yep. And just everything was reimagined and re-engineered. And for that car, being a baseline car, it had full power windows, power brakes, yep. power steering, didn't have air conditioning. But with all those windows open, who needed it? Sure. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, a truck, a trunk you could put a buffalo in. Oh, for sure. It's just huge. Um, and drum brakes all around. Mm-hmm. That car weighed over 5,600 pounds. <laughs> right? And But they're massive drum brakes. Yep. It would haul that thing down. Yep. To a stop. Yeah. Well, and and a lot of the drivers that drove those vehicles, right? Doctors, lawyers, it right. was high-end guys. High-end people. Lots of ladies drove them too, right, in that time. So they had over-boosted everything, right? Oh, yeah. Like you, could, you could probably slow the car down with just, you know, like... Oh, light touch. Light touch yep. on the brakes. Same thing with this power steering. Yep. You know, one yep. one pinky in the wheel and you could you could pretty much turn the whole wheel around, right? Like it was, yep. that was totally the way they, that was yep. meant to be back then. And, but a weird transmission. Oh. Uh, uh, jet, jet away transmission. Uh, their, their name for the hydromatic or whatever, but the, um, and you should remember this, is it went from park to neutral, then reverse, and then drive one, drive two, and low. Yes. Right? It was in so, a different order. Yeah. The, uh, the neutral and the, and the reverse. reverse were in different, er- different areas. So. And see, I've done a reading about uh, the Dynaflow transmission yeah. that Buick had yeah. before the, the turbo hydromatic came mm-hmm. out. And it was, again, different because it went park, neutral, drive, two, one, reverse was at the bottom. Yeah. It was it was weirder Very yet, weird. yeah, totally. But anyways, yeah, I mean, the only the benefit was that with that one was when you got the car stuck, you could rock between uh, first and reverse, just one yeah. one notch away, oh, yeah. you know. Oh yeah, and but you know, phenomenal cars drive wonderfully. Mm-hmm. Um, it took you three years to get it kind of back on the road. Yep. 
Did you have to do paint work on it? We eventually did. Yeah. Um, it was another two and a half years. And then my daughter, uh, oldest daughter, decided she was going to get married. And she comes up and, you know, sad eyes and says, would we be able to use the Cadillac <laughs> as a wedding car? Oh. the same be ready? Was she the same one who said it looks terrible up on blocks? No. Okay. No, that was the young one that okay. said that. That was the youngest <laughs> one that said that. But um, no, uh, our oldest daughter, Carson, uh, uh, did that to me. And so I went, okay. And uh, with the help of a couple buddies, yep. um, we took everything down. Um, you know, the interior had been all redone uh, before that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we managed to salvage everything except the covering of the front and back seats. Wow. And the carpet. I had to, had to get rid of the carpet. Yeah. Well, that's just dash, gross. Dash not cracked, was in great shape. Um, again, the, the stainless steel and everything on it, we were able to get in there and polish it up. Wow. The steering wheel didn't have a crack in it. That's inc- incredible for yep. a car that old. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, the seat mechanisms worked. They still had good springs in them. Yep. Um, and I was able to find from a company out in uh, Oregon an original a bolt of the original cloth no. used for that those seats. Really? And uh, it was a, a, a cloth that they referred to. The name was called Carlisle. And it actually, it was different colors. Usually uh, a color that would complement your car and black. And then there would be silver threads. Oh, cool. Wove through it. Yep. And then it would be done in a, a, well, in mine, it was a tuck and roll interior, about inch and a half rolls. Okay. And then on the outside and on the back was white vinyl. Mm-hmm. We couldn't find any of the original vinyl. We did reproduction for that. So it didn't quite match the door panels that we were able to save. Which were white vinyl. White vinyl. Yep. And the bottom of them was this Carlisle material. Mm. So we did, we were able to save those ones. And that because that was kind of the the breaking point. If we couldn't save the door panels, there's no point having the seat material. Sure. Because we'd have to go with something different. Yeah. So it was nice that we were able to keep that. Um, got the interior already done. Uh, <laughs> a new a new headliner. New headliner. Yeah. Went, got, went to white instead of blue. Okay. And we went to all white with the car. Uh, got rid of the blue. Yeah. Roof. We did away with it. Just thought my. For me, I really like the all white yeah. appearance, and uh, it. Uh, I do like other colors. People are going to look at the stuff and think, "Oh, he only gets white vehicles." <laughs> <laughs> That's only by accident. Uh, but but the Cadillac uh, really looks sleek. You know, you get the three inch wide white wall tires. Yeah. Um, you know, and and the, one of the local Goodyear uh, dealerships here helped me source. Those we had to bring them up from the states. Yep. Special order them, and and you're not ordering just four. You got to have one for the trunk. Yes. Uh, and uh, you know it's uh, all those little things, all those little details, uh, and making sure it's all back in place, and and deciding on areas where you know what I don't want to restore this. I can clean it up. Yep. Things like the firewall. Yes. I didn't 
paint the firewall. Well, because there's there's manufacturer markings yeah. on there and all kinds of there stuff. Is. Yeah. My my old Buick still has some mm-hmm. of those on there. You can see the chalk marks or the the you know stamps. And there's a there's, there's actually chalk and there's paint. actually a like a, a must be a paint pen or. Mm-hmm an oil crayon that they use yep. to mark things, whatever it was. Yeah, you and know? the 442 has a couple of those as well on the firewall. Yeah. And and those are great to, to keep. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they're very important for uh, originality. So what did that Cadillac have under the hood? It was a 390, and a lot of people go, it had a Ford engine? Nope. No. It was Cadillac's own 390. It was totally their own, no other divisions used it. They were all producing their own engines and there were only two versions. There was a tri-power, which was only available in the Eldorado and up. So tri-power meaning what, three carbs? Three deuces. Okay. And that engine was rated at 350 horsepower at the flywheel. Wow. And the single Carter four barrel was rated at three and a quarter horsepower. Okay. Yeah. The flywheel. Yeah. So mine had the, the Carter, um, the, the Carter we had in, it was in really bad shape. We ended up replacing it with an Edelbrock, uh, that worked really well. Oh yeah. And, uh, just provide a little more reliability. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I did keep the original. And when I, when I eventually sold the Cadillac that all the original parts, everything that I had taken off, like down to fan belts, like, I don't throw anything away. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, I took these screws out of here. And, you know, Labeled it. No, yeah. Um, and so um, you do all that stuff. You get it running properly. Uh, they also had, um, like most cars now, for your kick down, it is a vacuum assist for the passing gear, right? Mm-hmm. This thing had a, what's called a TV rod that was attached to the carburetor. And when you got your foot right into it, yep. it pulled that rod forward, which pulled a switch for, forward on the transmission and kicked you into passing gear. But me- all mechanical. All mechanical. That's fascinating because yep. my car is from 10 years later, yep. 69. Yep. And by that point, uh, kick down switch is an electronic <laughs> switch. Yep on the throttle but up, like up on the firewall inside the car in yep. my case and it powers a little solenoid mm-hmm. inside the transmission yep. and when you have the car we have the ignition on but the car is off and you floor it you can actually hear it go click 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 yep. click and it just moves a little valve yep. and directs fluid in a different direction exactly same thing that, that your cadillac was doing just yep. a whole mechanical operation exactly fantastic yep and uh, and when I had the transmission out and rebuilt that, the guys at Hub Automatic yeah. were fantastic. Um, and they actually brought back one of their employees, one of the original owners, I believe, uh, to work on it. Oh, cool. Yeah, because none of the other guys knew how to work like, on that Cadillac. Yeah. Uh, I I rebuilt the uh, the motor on it myself eventually. You did, hey? And uh, we decided to hot rod it up a little bit. Um, we uh, put just a little lumpier cam into it oh really and um change some stuff the uh, a lot of the old cars had what was referred to as a draft tube so f- now we have uh, uh positive crankcase ventilation mm-hmm. valves that draw air back into the carburetor or from your uh, from your valve covers and stuff well this thing um you had a breather on your oil fill cap and that is where oil would be or air would be sucked down yeah uh, and 
go through the engine and then there was a draft tube at the back of the engine that went down just in front of the transmission and had like about a 70 degree angle cut into it and it would be you know kind of like a whistle but it would as the air goes under the car it's creating a draw oh and that's what's drawing the air through so you would get as an engine aged you get blow by and you would actually get oil that would drip out of Ah, yeah. But the valley tray actually was where, the back of the valley tray was where this hose went in. Okay. So we decided we're going to go with something different. Bought a solid valley tray, uh, finned aluminum, very nice polished piece. And we bought Offenhauser uh, valve covers. Yep. Uh, the pictures will show this as well. And a uh, uh, good racing buddy, Alex Lashenko, is a tremendous fabricator. Uh, I went to him and I said, I want these breathers on here and I want one to be PCV. Yeah. And one just to be the air breather. But I don't want them to look like that. I don't want any rubber hoses coming out of that. And I don't want to mess up the Offenhauser name on the yeah 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 <laughs> on the uh, on these finned aluminum valve covers and these breathers I had picked up were finned aluminum too they looked beautiful and Alex came up with an idea and he he machined up some ninety degree angle aluminum pieces that he actually borrowed from if you go to a gas station in the swivel part of oh. the hose. So that you can put the nozzle into your sure. tank. Sure, yeah. Well, there's those 90 degrees there. Well, he took those, put them on lathe, machined them up, and did it perfectly where they would push in and seat in with a rubber gasket that you would normally use uh, on, on a valve cover nowadays. Cool. And the thing was totally seamless. They looked beautiful. And uh, it was great. And the car had this nice little hot rod shake. Yep. We had, uh, those cars from the factory had essentially four mufflers. They had two resonators and two mufflers. Mm-hmm. Well, we did away with mufflers and we just went with the resonators. Yep. So it had a little, little throttle sound, a uh, little rumble, little shake. Uh, and it was cool because it looked totally stock on the outside, but... It had a it had a bit of a rock and roll attitude. It did, it did. Because I know when you let me drive it, the best memory I've got is we pulled out mm-hmm. onto the highway and you said, Okay, now put your foot to the floor. <laughs> yep. And the whole nose of that big white Cadillac kind of lifted up in the air yep. and yep. she kicked Aer- down and just whoosh, gone. Aer- aerodynamic they weren't no but <laughs> But but it actually you know picked the nose up and and kind of pointed you towards the sky as yep. as you and it boyed that car go big comfy seats big long wheelbase, uh, the 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 uh, garage at the house here is uh, there's three bays and when we uh, when we came here we still had the Cadillac and one of the make or break things about the house <laughs> was it going to fit was will the Cadillac fit <laughs> and we had no cupboards in here of any kind there. Uh, it was 23 feet from the wall, wall to, the to the door. Door with the car in here, there was a foot and a half on each end. Wow! I could not walk around the car. I had to shuffle sideways yep. around each end of the car, and uh, that's that's just how big that thing was. It was it's huge. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So you had this thing, got it all done. Yeah. Interior was done. Engine was done. Paint was done. Yep. It was absolutely spectacular. Yep. What made you want to sell it? Um. Wanted to test the waters. 
Oh, okay. Okay, because that, that was really my first full restoration yep. of a car. It was everything. Engine, drivetrain, hydraulics, brakes, uh, tires, wheels, sheet metal, paint, body, all, you know, everything. The full ball of wax. Yeah. And, and I had told Tracy, it was for now. It's not forever. <laughs> right. And in my heart... I, I really felt that if I didn't buy that car, it was going to sit there for another 30 years. And then just go to the crusher. It, exactly. And what a shame. Because there were so few of those cars. Yeah. They were so ridiculously expensive when they were new that, yep. that they didn't sell in crazy huge numbers anyways. No. And then can you imagine, you know, that's proof of how well they built it is, is you know, stuff we all talked about. Yeah. Can you imagine though how many of them just ended up in you know demolition derbies oh, exactly. and, and all that kind of stuff and, and just just thrown away basically? But yep. they were they were actually built to last more than a lifetime. The cars the, are the, today. The the engineering, yeah, phenomenal. That's what I mean. It was it was actually engineered overbuilt, to, overbuilt, designed. The materials they used last forever. Oh, the thickness of the sheet metal yep. compared to the cars today. Yeah. And I can bet that Cadillac used thicker sheet metal for everything mm-hmm. than the rest of the GM lineup they, did. They weren't concerned about weight. No. They were concerned about length. The bigger, the better, yep. as far as they were concerned, exactly. right? That's how, that was the, the American mentality yep. then. Like, it was totally different. Yeah. So, you found a buyer? Um, in fairly short order. My daughter got married in uh, uh, May of that year. Yep. And... Drove the car around. So daughter's wedding was fantastic. Had a great time and uh, was able to use the car as uh, as a wedding car. And you should have seen the, the honking and the waving and oh, everything. Can as you imagine? We, uh, we had an outdoor wedding at the Forestry Farm and, and uh, everybody was just like, wow. To roll up in a yeah. big white caddy like that. Yeah. Oh. And uh, uh, it was tremendous. And, and I just, I said, I want to test the waters. And I, in, in August, I drove it for, you know, most of that, that summer. And yep. I thought, you know, if I advertise it now, it might sell September or whatever. But um, guy calls me up, you know, and it only takes one. Yeah. And uh, this guy calls me and he says, I've got some relatives that are close by there. Um, I'd like them to come by and look at it. And went, no problem. And the guy, his relatives come over and I take... Uh, two people for a ride in the thing, let them drive it. And they said, great, we'll, we'll pass on the information. Thanks for your time. And, uh, about two days later, I get a call from this guy and he goes, my relatives tell me you got a masterpiece there. And I went, well, your words, not mine. (laughs) I said, it's very nice. We put a lot of work into it. It's been a long time. Um, and, and he says, well, I want to buy it, but I want to come there and negotiate. I said, fine. And, uh, and he says, do you need me to send a deposit? I said, no. I said, do you, and he was in Ottawa. Okay. Yeah. And I said, you tell me when you're going to be here. I'll give you a stretch of 15 days. Yep. If you're not here by that, if that time passes, um, I'll know you're not going to be coming. Yep. And he goes, I'll be there for sure. Well, about seven days later, mm-hmm. uh, he's. Sends me a message. Yep, we're in Regina. We'll be uh, coming up to, to Saskatoon soon. Okay. And uh, they they get here and uh, 
we start negotiating. And of course, he fires a low ball shot right away. And I just looked at him and I said, it's a long drive back to Ottawa <laughs> with an empty trailer and your wife sitting beside you. He had brought his wife with him. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, um, and, uh, and he went, well, you know, I got to try. And I said, yeah. And so we talked back and forth and we ended up on a... Uh, agreeing on a price and uh, to this day it is the most I've ever sold a car for oh cool yeah and even after sitting down and crunching the numbers I actually believe that I came out about three thousand dollars to the good wow but you know you're not paying yourself any <laughs> no no you're just talking anything that's what the bills you've actually the spent. bills that you've actually yeah. put out of pocket and uh uh everything that you've done and uh well, that's impressive because a lot of classic cars don't do that. No, they don't. Most of them. Most of them, in fact, cost more money to fix, repair, you know, all that. Just the search of the parts. Than, than they're even worth as a whole car, right? That happens lots. All but but it happens and people do it because they just love the car. They love the It's hobby. an emotional attachment. Yeah, totally. So you're you're one of the lucky ones, actually. Yeah, and, and this, I think... The fact that I didn't have an emotional attachment to it is a big thing. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was great. But I went into it with the attitude that this is for now, not forever. Interesting. You know, I had finished racing. Yep. Um, I I wanted to do something else. We, My wife and I had gotten into riding motorcycles, but I just needed something else. Yes, I do maintenance on the motorcycles, but I just still missed that wrenching. Yep. Rebuilding. Yeah. Uh, hammering on sheet metal, hammering on stainless steel. I learned to repair stainless steel working on that Cadillac because I had to. Yeah. Because there were pieces of stainless steel that if you could find them, you were going to pay dearly for them. But like you said, you found the car and everything at least was on it. Yeah. Which is... Uh, probably number one, yep. especially when you're talking about a car that's an, an I'll say off brand where, yep. you know, if you have a Ford Mustang, if you have a Camaro, yep. if you have a Corvette, uh, you can find anything, yep. all the pieces, all the parts, they're all out there reproduced yep. and you can get or it even all. original or even original. There's yep. lots of them. But when you have a 59 Cadillac, yep. I know the story because it's the same thing as my 69 Buick. Yep. I can get mechanical parts. I can't get replacement pieces for a lot of it, you know? So it's just got to be there. It is. Well, uh, you got to get lucky and find one in the junkyard, but that's even harder for a 59 Cadillac yeah. because they're all gone from the junkyards now because everybody else has picked the parts yeah. for a 59, right? One of the things, and, and when you get into these rarer cars, yeah. if somebody has something like, a good example is my hubcaps, that came with the car. Yes, they're there. Yeah. They were really beat up. Yeah. Yeah. It was on a farm. Right? Yeah. Gravel, whatever. Oh, they're just destroyed. But you, you find somebody who's selling and they might be selling three. Uh-huh. And you go, you know what? I only need one. I'm not selling. They go with a set of three or nothing at all. Yeah. And you go, damn, when am I going to find some more? And then, you know, I got... Up there, that box up there has Cadillac hubcaps in oh, really? <laughs> that are the bad ones. Yeah. Because you keep trying to find a little bit, a little bit better. I, and I, I, I kick myself, myself, yeah. because same, similar story, the hubcaps that came in my car were 
not in great shape. Yeah. There, but not in great shape. I found a set of four on eBay from someplace in the States. And, you know, sometimes you can look at the pictures, stuff on eBay and go, well, it's okay. Yeah. Or the quality of the picture isn't good enough for me to tell the condition of the item. Yeah. But these were really clear pictures and they really were amazing. And I don't know why the hell I bought two, but I only bought two and I should have bought four. I should have had the whole set because now I have two that are the two best of the old ones yep. and these two new ones, but these two new ones are still in better shape than the two best of the old ones. Yep. I should have bought all four. Like what the hell was I thinking? Exactly. And, and a lot of times it comes down to dinero. Yeah. Well, can I sure. afford to do this? Yeah. Uh, on that Cadillac on the left front wheel well, uh-huh. the molding, which I talked about being yep. like a, a quarter round, um, the bottom three inches of it, worn away just from i'm sure gravel beating the <laughs> hell out of that right yeah, yeah for five years i tried to find one yeah you know you're checking ebay you're checking garage sales you're checking uh you know any record show any record you can find yeah anything yeah right and i finally find one that comes up really five hundred dollars us oh my gosh and it's like it's been five years i've been waiting I have to buy it. 500 bucks. Yeah. And put it on, but I still kept the old one. Uh-huh. I gave the, gave it to the guy and said, don't throw this out. Like I filled up the, the trunk and the back seat with <laughs> extra parts and pieces and, and everything saying, don't throw this out. You may, you may need to have this rebuilt by somebody at yeah. some point. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, but, uh, and, and I carry that on with, with all the cars. And, and all the motorcycles. I've got takeoff parts. You know, you personalize. Yep. But I still got takeoff parts. Yep. I know. And you shake your head and you go, what am I doing with this stuff? Why don't I throw it out? Well, <laughs> maybe someday, right? Maybe someday. So the Cadillac says bye-bye. Yep. And the next car, is this one that's I last I lasted, yeah. I lasted a very short period of time. So September of uh, 2016 was when the Cadillac left. Okay. And uh, uh, sat down with Tracy and said, you know, let's see what happens. But I said, I want you involved in the decision for the next car. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, she told me, 1967 Mustang. Okay. Or Camaro. And I'm like, okay. Couldn't pick. And, and she said, of course, not a notchback. Uh, Mustang got to be a fastback. Okay. <laughs> like, jeez. Okay. Well, we'll look. Yeah. And um, when I get looking, when I get hunting, uh, I'm head down, elbows up, and I'm I'm working hard. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, on you know, be it Auto Trader, be it eBay, uh, whatever uh, source I can use uh, to search things out. And, and I'm the same way uh, with regular street vehicles that we buy. Yeah. I'm, I'm into it. Uh, Tracy hates that process of, <laughs> of getting a new car, dealing a new car. Uh, but I like it. And uh, just that hunt and, uh, and seeing what's out there. And every now and then you come across some fabulous people. Uh-huh. And you may not buy their car, but boy, you get some great stories. You get some great information. Um, but anyways, this, uh, particular car, um, it was on eBay. Really? Yeah. 
and um, when the picture going out, going through, and basically I was just searching by year, putting in a parameter of years, yep. and I'm looking at stuff, and this car comes up, and I look at it, and the price that was being asked, and the description was in French. Okay. And it said it was Montreal. And page down, because I could read a little bit and understand a little bit okay. of what the French was saying. And I said, it's, it's very strange. It's like this person doesn't know what they have, but they're actually showing documentation that indicates this car is really special. And my wife says, well, what's really special about it? And I started telling her about the W30 program. And, and she said, well, that sounds really neat. And she says, I like the look of that. Mm, mm-hmm. So you got blessing from the, from the <laughs> boss. <laughs> Approve. So uh, it was actually family day weekend of 2017. So yeah. February. Yeah. And um, she says, go like make a call. And so I thought, well, I'll send a message first. So I send a, a message on eBay. Yep. And the message comes back, call Marcel. Didn't provide the information. I'm like, okay. So I go and I phone. And yep. I talk to this guy, very heavy French accent, and uh, start talking to him. And he, I said, like, what? The ad's kind of strange. I said, there is English below. But I said, the description of the car, it, it says it has um, a bench seat, but a console. And I said that, I said, I, I don't know if it's lost in translation, but he says, oh no, it's bucket seats and, and it's uh, automatic, but it's the stick shift and, and uh, uh, power steering and everything. And, and I said, it, it says it's a W30. And I said, you have GM documentation here from George Zapporo. I don't know if you've contacted George at all for authentication on yours. Yeah, I, I, I'm in the process, yeah. Okay, uh, George is a great guy. He's now uh, on his own doing it oh really yeah it's not he's not with gm anymore he retired from them but he's carried on doing uh the uh, car authentication uh on his own and uh but anyways um he had from when george was still with gm historical and he had the documentation and it's like yeah this is a real thing huh and he says the way, reason it didn't read right is he said, I'm not very good on the computer. I asked my daughter to put it in and he just wrote down a bunch of stuff and she kind of put it in a point form. And so she didn't know what she was writing about and she just going off of his notes. Right, right. And she filled in stuff and you know, there's fill in the blank stuff on those sites. Yeah. And you- she may have guessed on a couple of things, who knows? But so, uh, I said, I'm, we, we get into our discussion and through our, we're talking for quite a while and he's telling me how pissed off he is at all the callers from the States and from dealers who are just trying to buy the car from him and flip it. Right. They're not even talking about what they want to do it or why they're interested in it. It's, it's what's, a money-making deal what's for the them. price. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, they're rare cars and I, you know, uh, whether your people know or not, the W30 program didn't produce a lot of cars. So it's a 1971. 71. Oldsmobile 442. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
W30. W30. They only produced 920 cars. Wow. 110 convertibles and 810 holiday coupes, or that was Oldsmobile's term for a hard top. Right. Okay. No B pillar. That's right. Yeah. Previous years, their uh, uh, 70, you could get a, a post car. Okay. But for 71, there was only the two body styles. Um, and they were all produced out of Lansing, Michigan plant. Okay. That's the only place. And so it's, if somebody has cloned or bought a car that they really didn't do the research on and they're claiming it's a W30, it's, it's not foolproof. But there's a couple of things you can do right away. If if there's not an M for Michigan in the uh, VIN plate, yeah. and if there's not a LAN for Lansing on the body plate, chances are it's not a real one. It's not a W. It's not a W30 because only Lansing, Michigan produced the W30s. Um, and but GM did not. Oldsmobile didn't put any designator in the VIN. That makes it a W30. Makes it a W30. But you had to have a 442. You had to purchase a 442 or order a 442. And then you could add the option of the W30 package. And for people who don't know, the W30 package was a performance and handling package. Okay. It actually, they reduced the amount of sound deadening material in the vehicle. (laughs) So the cars went on a diet. Okay. Yep. All right. The inner fenders, all the W30 cars up to, uh, I think it's from 67 up to uh, 71, have red plastic fender, fender liners. liners. In the front fenders. Yep. And everybody no. goes, why'd they do that? Wait. It, yeah. It's simply wait. And also uh, the cars from uh, 16, no, I think 70, 71 and 72 got the aluminum winter's intake. Well, the combination of the plastic fender liners and the aluminum intake shaved 40 pounds off the front end of this car. Yeah, yeah, because everything else was stamped steel fender liners. There was no such thing as plastic ones for normal cars yet. And the coolest thing is when you get just at the right angle and you look at this car, you get this little flash of red. Yep. It's like almost this little hidden demon because because this car is white. I don't know what's what was Oldsmobile's color. What was this called? Polar white. This was actually called cameo white. Cameo white. Yep. I think your car and mine are the same color, yep. just that they name. different names within the different divisions. Yep. Uh, black striping kit. So two on the hood, and then we got on the deck lid, right? Nothing, Nothing on the deck, deck lid. lid. And then uh, the, there is some pinstriping that was an optional. Yep. Uh, you could have it added. You could also have a stripe delete kit from the factory. Oh, really? If you wanted, you could have stripe delete. You could have radio delete. Uh, basically, short of leather, you could go down the checklist and pick off anything you want. There are some that were extremely highly optioned. This oh, really? one is not. But it does have a, a power driver's seat hmm. and tilt steering. So W30 means those fender liners... Yeah. And it, it means what else? Uh, balanced and blueprinted engine built at the factory. Um, oh, wow. Olsenbiel had a program. They called it Select Fit. 
So when they're building the rotating assemblies, uh, like things like the pistons had to weigh within a gram of one another. Mm. So they packaged parts together before the assembly. It wasn't just grab out of the box. Well, that's that's a giveaway that when we're talking about this, that back then mm-hmm. engines weren't built to the specifications that they are now, right? That's so like right. a regular 442 or a Cutlass for that matter, yep. which is what this is based off of, right? It, it is, but the Cutlass actually had its own uh, model designation. The 442 at this period okay. was its own car. There's actually nothing on this car that says Cutlass. Right. And there's only uh, two places where it says Oldsmobile. Be- okay, because 442 at one point earlier in the model yeah. history. Up to 71. 72, it went back to being a Cutlass. Okay, yep. But the 442, and it's actually in the VIN number. Yep. 344 mm. is how, and that's if you're looking for a, a real 442, if that car, you know, from 67 at least, possibly 66, but definitely 67 mm-hmm. up to 71. Yep. If that VIN number doesn't start with 344, it's not a 442. It was a cutlass. It was a somebody's cutlass. Somebody's kind of made into. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So. This is a balanced engine, though, as in they picked the exact matching yeah. pistons, where that ne- wasn't necessarily the case for a regular 442 no. or any other production That's vehicle right. for that matter. That's right. Whereas unlike today, I mean, now I'd assume that, you know, the car I dro- drove up in or, or the one that you drive, our BGV, our boring grown-up vehicle, those yep. pistons probably weigh within the, fract- the fractions. Te- the manufacturing processes yes. are so... Uh, so much improved because you got CNC. Yep. They can set up a machine and that machine will work for 24 hours and it will carve identical, identical forged aluminum pistons. Yep. Down to the very, th- to microns. You agree. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. That wasn't the process back then. That's, in, why in my, that's why my Acura has got, you know, almost a quarter million kilometers on it. Yeah. And probably doesn't burn oil and or. It doesn't burn oil. Yeah. It doesn't leak oil. The, the precision now is really there. Yeah. Um, but it was something special back then in, in 71 when we're talking about it an engine. An a engine. big dollar yeah. to the, the price. It possibly added, well, depending on how you optioned your car out and everything, uh, I would say it was possibly an additional 700 to to $1,000. Wow. Right? And, you know, it would all depend on certain things. If you had a four-speed in 70, you couldn't get air conditioning oh. because it didn't create uh, the vacuum to operate, right? Oh, really? Yeah. Really? Because of the cam was different and it had a different carburetor. Okay. Right? So, so take me through what the rest of a fourth or a W30 okay. means. So um, again, in the fenders uh, for the front, because of the plastic, you have uh, light tubular fender supports. Okay. Um, you can possibly see. Yep, I can see them down, there. right down so, there. Yeah. Yeah, light tubular fender supports. The fenders are structurally different than what would have gone on a cutlass. Okay. Um, you have in the rear end, you have a four link uh, rear end, mm-hmm. fully boxed upper and lower. Oh. Sway bars front and rear, and these are heavy duty sway bars. Yep. But 
the full boxing of uh, those control arms and uh, the upper links yeah. stiffens everything up so much. Wow. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the rear ends in 70, you could actually get a full aluminum center section. That was only a one-year deal. Mm. Um, and if you, if you broke it and you went and it was under warranty and you went in, um, they swapped it out for a cast. Oh, really? Piece, cast iron piece. Um, because, and there was very few of them made. They, they did produce a, uh, an aluminum uh, cover for the differential. Yeah. Um, which was referred to as a W27 option, which the prior year was the aluminum center section. Hmm. Um, and then uh, just with the way the whole car was, like I said, there's a reduction in, in uh, uh, sound deadening material. The hood um, is uh, referred to as a W25 option. The OAI or open air induction hood. It is a functional. Yeah. Air intake on the leading edge of the hood. There are two big snorkels that feed down to a vacuum operated um, flapper flapper yeah. on on the top of the air intake. Um, and so you have this vacuum operated flapper so that when you put your foot in it, vacuum drops, that door opens up and it is feeding cool air directly in That's to cool. the carburetor. Um there's chicken wire, I call it, but it is a factory piece um, on the underside of the hood. People look at it, and there's no no hood insulation. Oh, really? There's no hood insulation. It's chicken wire, little squared uh, wire on there to protect anything from big, anything big from flying getting in there. In there. Yeah, because yeah, that's a perfect like scoop for a little bird or something like that. Yeah, or like I get a lot of bees, grasshoppers, things like that. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Uh, but um, you know, you, you do have. Uh, they originally came with a uh, fourteen-inch air filter with a tin lid on it. Yep. Um, and uh, I've uh, I've got the K and N with the actual air open uh, K and N top on it. Cool. So it's uh, it's able to draw quite a bit of air. Did Did they change spring rates for suspension? Any uh, stiffer? They were stiffer. Yeah. 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 Stiffer than the regular four forty two. Yeah. And. Uh, you know, the brakes, uh, no real difference there, um, but just better handling. Yeah. They, they, and I'm trying to confirm this. I've had guys say, say that the, for the, because uh, this is an automatic and it has the turbo hydromatic 400. Yeah. Um, and so they could still stay with the 442 because they were four barrel, 400 automatic dual exhaust okay yeah right and uh and just trivia thing there was in 66 they produced a gto or not excuse me gto uh, 442 with three deuces really yeah it was a 442 and it was a uh an option that you could order and it would be dealer installed but it would come in the trunk <gasps> and you could put three deuces on and uh it was yeah, quite pa- the deal. Pass everything but a gas station. Yep, basically. Exactly. Um, but the yeah, so the um, the whole idea was to build basically a street machine that could knock off the GTO. 
Yeah. Because GTO was claiming it was the king of the street. Right. And Oldsmobile just went, oh yeah, watch this. Well, and again, at that point in history, although they were under the same corporate umbrella and shared shared a few parts, they operated individually. Yep. Right, so they oh, were. It was, it was competition. They were in competition with each other, and like you said, even at this point, now this engine in here, yep, three fifty. No, all of the four forty twos. Yeah, for uh, from sixty nine and up got the four fifty five. It's a four fifty five, but seven point four liter. But it's. Oldsmobile's 455, right. which is not the same thing as Buick. Buick's 455. Or Pontiac's right. 455. Or Chevy's for that matter, right? The like, 454 comes yeah, nowhere near. There essentially no parts that swap it over. It wasn't until later in the 70s that things started to... Amalgamate. Amalgamate and switch over. It, by Still by 71, they were, they were fighting each other just as Tooth much. Tooth and nail. Yeah. Yeah, and the door handles might have been shared, but yep. but that was the extent of the fun, right? Exactly. Like they were they were still yep. so, and, and and then the four four this four forty two the W thirty that wing on the back. Yep, very unique, very fi- different fiberglass thing, right? Um, that is, um, they're actually a, a, an aluminum. No way. Yeah. Really. Um, so that's again another thing. The fiber the fiberglass ones are reproduction. So an aluminum one is the original. Yeah. And that was that part of the W30 package? That little... uh, It was an option you could add. You didn't have to take it, but it was an option that you could add with that. Cool. And there was a different trunk lid because where that went in, they had uh, a different support structure mm-hmm. where the holes had to go. Sure. To make sure that it didn't start to move around or weaken the sheet metal back there. And also because of the extra weight... There's different uh, trunk springs. Oh wow! Because you you know it so, wouldn't it wouldn't stay up right if you, with extra if weight. You had the regular. So those are little things. But this car, like I said, it was very low optioned. It went directly to the uh, from the Lansing assembly plant to a dealership in Montreal. I don't know which one. Okay. Uh, but three owners in Montreal. Yep, and then you, and then. Uh, talking with uh, Marcel on the phone and uh, uh, we during our conversation like he satisfied me enough that this is a real deal yep and he actually owned five W30 cars. oh my gosh yeah wow and him his brother and his son owned all the cars wow and this was the only car that they were currently operating that hadn't been restored and then he had one other car. And the reason he was selling this car was to finance the build on his other car. Mm, that okay. He found uh, down in the States the uh, prior summer. And he found one of the Holy Grails. So in 71, as I said earlier, there was only 110 convertibles made. Yeah. 32 of them were made with four-speed transmissions. He found one of those. 32, one of 32 convertibles with a four-speed manual. Yep. Wow. And so the money from this was going to be going into the restoration of that car. That's cool. Yeah. And so, but during our conversation, he let slip a price Uh that was different than the list price. And I went, hold on. 
are you saying you would sell the car for that money? Less than the list price? Yeah. Okay. And a, 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 a considerable amount. Wow. Okay. Um, and he kind of stopped and he went, well, yeah, I guess I would to the right person. I said, well, if you think I'm that right person, I would like to buy that car. Cool. And I said, where do I, where do I send a deposit? And he goes, well, when are you thinking of coming out? I said, if I can arrange it, <laughs> I'll be there before the weekend. Oh my gosh. Right. So this is a Monday because it was the holiday Monday of the family weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Family day weekend. And family's still upstairs having, having <laughs> supper, having dessert. Um, and, um, and he said, uh, well, if you're going to be here that fast, don't worry about a deposit. Just bring your, bring your, your money. I said, great. I'll let you know when I'm, when my flight's arriving. Wow. And he didn't live very far away from, uh, uh, the airport. He picked me up there. We drove straight to his place, drove the car out, met him and his wife and, and his son and his brother, uh, had a great time, took the car for a test drive. And then we tried to do all the stuff, uh, with the finances and his bank was giving us some problems. I ended up having to stay overnight. Okay. And, uh, but we got everything settled the next day. Um, and there was an, and he had said, if you want to, I will store the car for free until you want to come out when the weather's nice. And I looked at the weather and there was a break in the weather. It was actually kind of nice. Okay. February. And I thought, well, do I ch- take a chance? I drove the car home. You drove it home? Yep. No way. Yep. Over 3,000. Oh, um, miles. I was and, expecting that you were going to put it on a truck and, you know, yep. that's something like that. Yeah. I you flew out home. there and um, got a uh, uh, transport permit. Yep. And um, you, you drive through Canada on the way back or yeah. go into the States? I didn't take it into the States yeah. because I didn't have license plates on it. Uh, yeah, that would have been that, hard. It would sure. just be the transport permit. And that if you, if I went into the States, I'd have to get a different transport permit for yeah. being legal down there. Okay. Whereas the interprovincial stuff, uh, agreements that exist between mm-hmm. all the provinces. When you turn over your registration, there's a pink part yep. that has all the provincial logos. That's your interprovincial uh, oh. insurance. Okay, which means this jurisdiction will be honored in this jurisdiction. Right. So, um, I've got my transport permits, and uh, said great. So left uh, uh, left Montreal, and. Uh, go to uh, when we got the transport permit one of the questions was, have you got winter tires on the car <laughs> as Quebec has oh, from April mandatory September to April you have to have winter winter tires on and I went no if the car's been in storage I'm buying it I'm taking it I said I'll be out of the province in less than two hours <laughs> <laughs> and did they go for that yeah, they eventually, they called over one of their supervisors and talked about it and they went, he's leaving the province, let him go. That's, and, that's good. Yep. And, uh, you know, had a great trip back, three days. Worst thing that happened was burned out a right front headlight. Try finding a five and three quarter seal beam headlight nowadays. They are not easy <laughs> to find. I know. <laughs> it's difficult. So, Especially if you, because you can get halogen ones or you can get regular incandescent. Yep. 
the originals are just incandescent. Those yep. are even harder to find. Yeah, it is. And so uh, eventually, if I wanted a Canadian tire bargain bin, yep. there's 90, 99% off. It was like two bucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they only had one. <laughs> just get rid of it, right? We'll yeah. Take them all. Yep. Um, and uh, not a hiccup, though. Really, not the car performed beautifully. Really, yeah, and uh, just and comfortable, mm-hmm. really comfortable car to travel in. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I got pulled over by an OPP officer, young guy, <laughs> and uh, uh, by Kenora, and he pulls me over and comes walking around. And he goes, "What is this?" Because <laughs> it doesn't say anywhere on it that it's an Oldsmobile. Gotcha. Yep. Right? And he's, Oldsmobile been out of production since 04. That's right. This is 2017. Yep. And so I said, it's an Oldsmobile. Really? And I said, here's all my paperwork. I said, I've got transport permits, bill of sale, all this stuff. And he goes, and he, yeah, here's the old license plate if you want to check. This is the name of the guy I bought it from. Yep. He went, came back, and went, have a great trip. See you later. <laughs> was, it, was it just because you had no plate on the car? Was yeah, there was no plate on the car. And, you know, you, you put the paper up in the back window, but, you know, uh, they don't necessarily see it. They want, and, and, and really they should be pulling you over to check it. Right. Cause you can make sure it's valid. Yeah. Well, cause you could hang an unexpired one or you could, you could tape exactly. up a piece of paper, put some writing on it. And, you yep. know, from, from, uh, 30 you know, feet away, it looks yeah. what you can't read it yep. from 30 feet away. Exactly. Yeah. So no, he's doing his due diligence that's, that's cool. by, yeah. by checking and uh yeah and but we came through and uh uh had great weather when we crossed the manitoba saskatchewan border it was plus four. Oh my gosh uh dry roads dry road yeah man you got snow lucky. in the ditches but dry roads uh we missed an ice storm uh around the great lakes uh we were heading up through uh to like sudbury thunder bay all that stuff um just stayed away from all that stuff. Wow. And just the thing was wonderful. And uh, and and the car, I, I continually tell people, I am so fortunate that I found a car that three previous owners thought highly enough of to keep as original as possible. The, yeah. car, the car, when I got it, still had the original interior. And the only thing I've changed in the interior is the back window package tray. It was all sun faded and broken up and dried out. Yep. And I put a new back window package tray into it. It's the original dash, headliner, seat covers, carpet, all of it. Yeah. Um, there's no cracks in anything. Um, the wood, which is, it's actually real, real wood. wood. Yeah. Uh, on there is in great shape. Um, you know, usually you find things pretty scuffed up, broken, cracked, this, that, the other thing, or somebody's <laughs> cut apart the dash to put an aftermarket stereo oh, into. Yeah, yeah. This thing still has the original Oldsmobile AM radio yeah. with a single speaker in the back right corner of the <laughs> back window. Nothing up front? Nothing up front. No. You know, that's, and that's the thing is it's, it's found three owners, like you said, who have four now we've done this and kept it original yeah. but all it took would be one one wrong turn somewhere where somebody and, goes well i'm just going to sell it 
And they took good care of it. The next guy goes, well, we're going to take this thing. We're going to cut it up. It's going to go racing. flares on it. Yeah. And, there's that and-, and, then, and then the originality is gone. And that's one thing when there's a lot of 4 to 42s around or cutlasses. Yeah. But when it's a W30 like this, this is a really, really special yeah. car. And, and I equate it to, you know, how many cars does Ferrari produce for the street every year? Couple 3,000? Maybe. Maybe. This thing's a one of 920. Yeah. The the engines, they produced special cylinder heads for these engines. Mm-hmm. It's referred to as an H code cylinder head. Okay. The prior year had F code cylinder heads. These things for the 71s are so rare. Yeah. So unique. So unique. They only made 1,840 H code cylinder heads. That's it. That's it. They didn't even produce any for warranty work. If you damaged a head mm-hmm. under warranty and they replaced it, you got a totally different code cylinder head. And the thing is now, and and, and you got to imagine these things were super special, but they were also super crazy fast. Yep. So how many of those 900 and whatevers are still in existence? Probably not as many as we'd like to believe because a lot of them probably were mm, driven pretty hard. Exactly. This card does not have the original engine in it. Um, at some point in the early 90s, uh, the original engine got hurt. Uh, I don't know the extent of the damage, but they decided to swap out the engine. Oh. So this engine is actually out of a 197442. So not a W30 engine, but when it was rebuilt uh, prior to being put in this car, it was rebuilt to the standards of, of a W30. So, the- But it does not have the H-code heads. Ah, okay. It has the same heads that would have been used on the 442 in 1970, which is an E-code head. Gotcha. Um, now, I do know where the original engine is. Really? Yeah, it's in Montreal. A guy, at, and for whatever reason, the car and the engine, after they were, the new engine was put in here, Yeah, the original engine sat somewhere and the car got sold and the engine got sold separately. And I have the phone number. I have the information. I thought I had a deal to buy that engine. Uh, and then it fell through. Oh. And these, he- these, well, the heads alone, um, if you can find a set, and there's a set uh, I know on eBay right now, and the guy has dropped his price five hundred dollars uh, to uh, Canadian, it works out to seventy six hundred dollars. What for two heads? Seventy six hundred dollars. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. How many three fifty or even four fifty four Chev engines can you build for that? kind of money <laughs> a lot yeah uh the oldsmobile engines they, those h code if you can find a complete engine holy cow um my i'm hopeful i'm hopeful that someday i get a call and the guy goes okay i'm ready to part with it he he said he had a project he wanted to put it into it's too and bad you couldn't just swap them though because exactly it's like okay well you got a project do you need that engine yeah. or you do just need a 455 because and, if he just needs a 455. And again, the, you talk about 
that emotional investment. Yeah. And I think that is what got him because I actually traveled to Montreal with my wife. And so we flew out there and I said, I'm coming out there. I want to see the engine. I want to visually confirm the numbers and put my hands on it. And I said, we'll, we'll make an agreement. And, uh, he was like, yep. Yeah, okay. Let me know when you're here. And then we got there and he would not answer my calls. Am I answer it? Yep. And it wasn't until we got back to Saskatoon that he contacted me and he went, I'm sorry. I, I just couldn't do it. And I, he said, and I said, but all you had to do is tell me. Yeah. No kidding. Right. And you feel, but it's his engine. Right. And you gotta, you gotta respect that. Yeah. He's made that financial and an emotional investment. I feel. And, uh, you know, that's, that's what happens to people. Yes. And then you see other guys where they're like, no, I don't have an emotional attachment to this. I've got this car this week. Um, I'll, I'll flip it or I'll see something else I like and I'll, I want to drive that for a, a few months. Yes. Right. Ken Ross. <laughs> right. Yeah. How many cars has he, has he had? Like a great guy and does great work driving a different vehicle all the time. I well, love there's, it. there's lots of guys in our car club that are the same way, yep. you know, uh, that, you know, I was talking with Calvin. He's got, he's had 289 cars yeah. or something in his life, <laughs> 289 cars. And then none of them have been just junk, you know, yep. like it's all been runners and stuff he's wanted to buy. But, but yes. And, and so where do you, where do you find yourself with this thing now? I feel this is a, a keeper for a long period of time. Yeah. Um, there were a few things that were incorrect on the car when I got it. Um, the biggest thing was the wheels. Oh yeah. Um, and again, there are trends for however long people with the Krager SS's. Yes. And then it was the, uh, turbine, uh, aluminums. Yep. And then it was, you know, and there was slot mags and, you know, all different stuff. Well, somebody at some point now, who knows? I don't have the full history. It may have been somebody jacked up the car and stole Lock. the SS1 wheels, which are on it right now, which look like the Dodge Magnum wheel. They're also similar to what was on GTOs, yep. but they all had a little different touch. Um, well, I found out through George that this car originally came with SS1 wheels. Okay. It doesn't get down to telling you whether it was the addition that had the stainless steel rings or if it was the full chrome. Anyways, um, so I'm on a mission. I want to find, and again, it's not just four of them you need, you need five. <laughs> and so I had a guy that... Um, I bought some stuff from previously out in, uh, in, uh, uh, Nova Scotia. Yep. And, uh, called him up. He had been advertising these, these wheels and he said, yep, Brad, they're, they're, uh, 14 by seven and they're the full Chrome. I went, really? I said, okay, package them up. I'll call them the shipping company. They get out here, they're 14 by 6. Ugh. 14 by 6 won't go over uh, disc brakes. And this is a disc brake car. Oh, no. And so I've got these things. Well, I end up selling them to one of the guys from the uh, from the Dragons. Yep. Um, and they're really nice. Wheel, full chrome. 
next to no pitting whatsoever. They're really great shape. I took a little bit of a bath on them, but that's neither here nor there. I eventually found a set of five of the SS ones that use the stainless steel trim ring. Um, and I restored them myself. Really? Yep. Wow. Um, took them all down, repainted them, uh, you know, doing doing the history and the, and stuff on them, found out very unique things. Um, although they are uh, the metal part of the rim on the face and in the uh, slots between the spokes is black. Yeah. The back of the rim yeah. is dove gray. Huh. Yeah. So something just unique. Yeah. And so when I did these, I did them as close as I could to factory and yep. they came out really well. And, and, uh, that's cool. Um, but yeah, just little things, um, that you try to do, uh, sourcing out these things came, uh, from the research I've been able to find. They came originally with what's referred to as an open face alternator. So same basic shape size as your GM AC Delco, um, was it S S 10 a, uh, alternator. Yeah. Right. And, but on these, it's an open face to help cooling. Oh, okay. And it has, uh, some of them had five spokes. Some of them had six spokes. I think more of the, the Corvettes had the, the five spoke ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was able to find, and I currently have an, uh, an, not an original, but I have, uh, what closely resembles uh, a an open face alternator. That's cool. So, um, you know, because we're not a, f- a full numbers matching car, because we're not a concourse restoration, the car hasn't been rest- restored. It's a 100,000 mile. I refer to it as a survivor, but it has had a partial repaint. A little bit of repaint. But when a lot of this paint is original. Yes. Right. And so... Um, to represent it as a good example of an original car yep. is, is very nice to do. And I've actually had people come up and they want to photograph where the decals mm. from the factory are, Yep, you know, even the glove box decals and the trunk, because they're doing a restoration or they're been re- they're going to repaint whatever part and they need to put new decals on and they want to put them in the right place. Yeah, that's right. And so this, this car has provided that opportunity for a couple people. Um, and the, the suspension is still good. Um, I suspect at some point being a Quebec car, it'd be worthwhile for me to get under and check the frame for any corrosion. Um, but the fact that it's here and it's 50 years old and it's not a little pile of rust. Oh yeah, is amazing. Yeah, and those those other previous owners must have done everything they could yeah. to drive it in the winter and everything like that because yep. the salt over there for years and years and years is just eating things to nothing. Exactly. And and it's it's still here. In yep. fact, there's plenty of stuff this age driving around here that are original, you know, mm-hmm. Saskatchewan cars that are, have more rust yeah. than this. Yep. So it's really doing and quite well. Like a good example, I think i have them somewhere but the uh front brake dust shields yep completely eaten away (laughs) so (laughs) they're they're uh 
uh, it was an example, you know, and that's light tin. Yeah. Um, but it was eaten away. So this thing did get exposed. And uh, we've done our darndest. Uh, when I first got the car, uh, you know, one of the first things I did, I put on a slicker suit at work and I went, put it up on jack stands and I went under it on a creeper with a, with a brush washing the underside of the car yeah. and, and scraping everything I could off to uh, to get it as clean as possible and wash it. And I shouldn't say that there's rust on it because there really isn't. There's, there's, there's some a, bubbling. Just a couple of spots and, where it's yeah. it's going to need some attention at some point. Yeah. But but for an original car, and as far as we know, that really hasn't had any body work yet done to it, yeah. right? Yeah. In those spots. I mean, that's, I've, I've been inside the doors. They are solid. There's no yeah. Bondo. Yeah. Um, the uh, the hood's in great shape. Granted, it's a it is a fiberglass top piece, but it is bonded to a steel, yeah, uh, uh, substructure. So there must be a, a filler of sorts at the factory put in to to blend those two. Yeah, I'm not sure Somehow. exactly how they do it, but it's uh, it's an amazing thing that they were able to uh, to do that and have it stay together. No kidding. Um, I very impressed. Like I said, the the car turned fifty years old here in uh, at the end of May. Yep. And uh, you know the the little things, trying to make them right. Uh, tr- uh, you know, try to find original parts where you can. I love th- I love that because there. I think there are definitely different types of car guys out there, and I respect everyone. Mm-hmm. Totally. Uh, but there's some people that, that take a car and they really want to make it theirs. And they really want to customize yep. it, do their own thing. And uh, I don't fall into that category. I fall into the preservation and original category. That's just my own personal preference. It's like archaeology. It is. And I'd like, like I'm, I'm right now waiting for more GM key blanks to come in. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Because I got the, my car with one set of keys. Yeah. And I don't want to lose them because they're the originals. So I yep. had some reproduced ones cut when I got the car. Yep. But they were just whatever they had at the, the key shop, mm-hmm. which don't say GM on them. Yep. And so I'm, I'm finally getting through the car enough where I can go into those little details. I've ordered, I had to replace some of the stickers that were. Yep. Um, starting you know, to curl up on the edge. Starting to curl or... up. There was one in the trunk that, that gives you your jack positions. Yep. It was ruined, but I knew where it was supposed to go. So I. Got a reproduction of that, you know, and like I'm finally starting For some to get... of those cars, putting the jack and tire away is like a game of Tetris. Oh, it is. <laughs> it is. Mine, mine sits on the right-hand side and it tucks into this kind of corner and oh, it's, it's crazy. But I'm finally getting to those small details, yeah. but I love those little details because I think that mm-hmm. makes it, I don't know. Super special and authentic and yeah. not everything on my car is going to be absolutely yeah. original. But I think the plate, the things that you that that count, or I don't know, you know, the things you can see at yeah. least. I I try to keep it as original as I can, but you still have to replace yeah. parts, you know. And and I can totally appreciate someone who's resto modded, whatever. Yes. Car, even even there's these things were taken to the drag strip. Totally. And guys tubbed them out. Yep. They changed the front suspensions. You know, Pete, pizza, did away with pizza the cutters sway in the front. bars. Yeah. You know, and, and put, you know, ladder bars on them to yep. help them hook up. Uh, did whatever with the transmissions to make them shift better. 
at higher RPMs, but different torque converters. You know, all that. All of it. And some of them to went totally away and bored out the 455 W30 engine and threw away all the original parts. Yeah. Right? And yeah. put aluminum heads on. And, you know, um, you know, if it's yours and you want to do that, okay. You know, I, I've been very fortunate. A lot of people uh, that know Oilsmobiles, uh, that know about W30s, the first question is usually, is it real? Yeah. And I'm very, very fortunate. The, the guy I bought this from, when he was working on the car, he found uh, one of the broadcast sheets. Cool. Under the back seat. Awesome. So that was part of the documentation that he showed me to prove it was a W30. Yep. And then when I uh, was doing stuff with the car and I had taken the, the front seats out and I was wanting to, because at some point I might want to put, you know, in the, in the glove box or something, a, a CD player or something like that. I just, I hadn't decided, yep. but I thought I'm just going to root some wiring in here and I'll put it under the carpet. Well, under the uh, passenger front carpet, I found a second really broadcast sheet. So it just reinforces cool. that heritage, that pedigree for the car. And um, that's, that's a pretty cool thing. Yeah. And again, if, if you've got something, I, I don't understand the desire to, if you have a really nice cutlass yeah, and you think I'm going to turn it into a W30, why? <laughs> like, yes, there's some great stuff Yeah, you can put on the badging. You can put on, um, they're making the hoods aftermarket. Yeah. Yeah. But that's it. Yes. The rest of the stuff you have to do for it to become a W30 chassis is wild because the, the front suspensions, the rear suspensions, yeah. where everything ties in, it's different. The fenders are different. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and then, you know, your badging inside, right. And those are little things and you can buy them. And I just don't see you do that effort. And then to have somebody go up and go, your car's a fake. You're trying to sell it as a W30 and your car's a fake. Yeah. And really it, in the States, there's laws. I don't think there is in Canada, but you're committing a fraud. Yeah. Yeah. You sort of are. Because this, these cars in driver condition are upwards of 70 grand. Right. In restored, mm -hmm. at going, going across, uh, Barrett Jackson, 120, 130,000 yeah. for a coupe. If you're like my, the guy I bought this from his car that he was putting the money into yep. that thing finished could be a quarter million dollar Canadian <sighs> car. Wow. You're talking one of 32 in the world. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Right. It's the numbers just get crazy and there's always going to be somebody try to take advantage of that. Probably. But, but the, those people aren't, they're not hot rodders. No. They're speculators. They're in the automobile business and they're trying to make a buck. Yeah. Um, and, and you can, you can tell, uh, true people who are their love for the cars. You can see it in kids. 
Totally. And, and, you know, that's one of the reasons I, um, like I, I put signs in my car, please come touch the car. Yeah. Um, I haven't had it fully restored. It's a great opportunity. And you can tell usually when a kid's respectful because often they'll come up and they'll have a question or two. Yeah. Well, I, I was that kid all the time when yeah. I was around cars, yeah. but I was just so starstruck with the cars I was looking at. Mm-hmm. I, I would have, you know, this is just, you know, looking back, but I would have been that kid that would have just asked a million questions about a car. Yeah. And, and if you would let me sit in it, I'd have been, you know, just tickled. But I, I, I was way too enamored with the vehicle to go hanging off the oh, mirrors yeah. or something yeah. like that. You know, like, oh yeah. Like but there are kids that treat them like monkey bars. <laughs> yeah, right. There, there are. <laughs> but I was the kid that was so into it and yep. so just blown away. Yeah. You know, just just to open the door was a treat, yeah. you know, that kind you know, of thing. My granddaughters love going to car shows. Yeah. And they, from word go, um, I told them, you have to walk with your hands held behind your back. Yeah. Yeah. If we're going to go to car show and we're going to walk around, that's the way it's got to be. And they do that religiously. Yeah. They, uh, <laughs> um, they totally get it, but, and they just love going to a car show. I love seeing kids that are that into yeah. it too. You know, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Because and, what, what, what you drive, what I drive, they're all time machines. And they're only ours for a short period of time. Yeah. We just sort of get to take Eventually, care of them. Actually, this will be passed on, uh, be it a, a new uh, owner outside my family mm-hmm. or inside my family. Right, right. Um, you know, and that, that can be with any family heirloom. Uh, some Somebody in your family may be carrying on. So if they don't, if they're not involved from the beginning, if they're not uh, included in how things are being done, it really doesn't mean anything to them. Yes. So to have the kids... Um, that was one of the things. I couldn't take them for a ride in the Cadillac. Cadillac had no seatbelts. Yep. They weren't even an option, I don't think, in 1959. And I wasn't going to put them in. Um, and like I said, because it was only going to be a for now, not forever car. Yep. Um, with the Oldsmobile, it's got seatbelts. I can put the kids' seats in the back. Mm-hmm. And... I can take him for an ice cream cone. Yep. Yeah. And uh, the dog, Mac, he loves driving around in the car. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's um, it's such a great social activity. Um, and and when you do get to work on them, when you, when you have a problem and you're able to resolve it, wow, it's fun. Yeah. And it, it's anguish for a while. And then you go, oh, <laughs> yes. we survived that one. <laughs> totally. I've got a nephew uh, who's not even one yet, but you can tell he's, uh, you can just see he's going to be into cars because yeah. already the trucks and the cars that he plays with, those are, those are, that's what he's into, you know? Yeah. And uh, I, yeah, I'm pretty excited to, you know, take him in my car yeah. and, and, and have him around as I'm kind of working on it in the garage and, and get him one of your hats and yeah, yeah you know, right. And you guys can be best buddies. Yeah, and- <laughs> exactly. And, and I'm hope I'm hoping that inspires him in some way, you know, yeah. like for that, for that sort of yeah. thing. So exactly. And it's just, uh, I have such a great time meeting the people, talking to the people and, 
and and the fact that uh, you know there's there's young people that you can influence hopefully get them involved yep. in the activity yep um and you know be you know like we're talking here i'm a talker i love uh interacting with people uh and and this is a great talking point totally and then you find out oh they know somebody you know and you know it it spreads beyond just the car oh yeah and you develop friends like we've become friends i got to work on your car's trim a little bit yeah that was um, amazing you know and and resourcing and uh finding people that can help you out or point you in the right direction uh is so valuable it's a really great community too yeah you know and it's not just here it's everywhere yeah because i've been on long distance talking with guys and and the, the giving you information giving you leads um you know now on there's facebook and stuff there is a forum for everybody oh, totally that, you know whether you're chevy oldsmobile ford whatever and there's there's got to be at least at least a dozen different Oldsmobile sites. Yep. And so one of the things uh, I was always curious about, uh, if you look on Oldsmobile 442, often W30 cars, there'll be a red X above the number one uh, spark plug on the valve cover. Oh. Often there is. And... So I, I went on to this uh, Oldsmobile Club of America and I just, I posed the question. I said, I'm curious. This is what I have. But here's a, here's a picture I found online. What does the red X signify? Yeah. The varied responses you get. And some of them sound like BS. Some of them sound, <laughs> well, that could be credible. That's possible. Yeah. And uh, possible. And, and nobody really has a defined answer. And, but one guy said, I knew a guy who worked and he was inspection line. And that red X is only for 1972. And it was a mark to indicate that the timing had been set for the car. <laughs> wow. And I went, wow, that almost sounds like that could be real. And so the general consensus then, if you got a 71 or a 70, you shouldn't have an X that X on there. And so those are little details that you kind of go, all right, you know, and, but the red X is, a, it looks great on that metallic blue engine. You know, <laughs> nobody has a, a color like that uh, Oldsmobile metallic blue for the yeah, engine. Yeah. And uh, that red X just jumps off, but the little things, and who knows? Maybe that was only for that week when that inspector worked. That's right. Yep. Because totally. they were building them 24 hours a day. Yeah. And they didn't expect them to the last five years, let alone 50. Well, this has been a pretty awesome tour of everything. We've wore out everything here. I think that's fantastic. <laughs> couple new tires going on. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Brad, for everything all the stories um, talking about you know your police work and the racing and the cadillac and this old thank you for joining me for all that i've had a great time i really want to thank everybody who has ever dropped by to talk to me i just 
totally enjoy all this stuff and uh, relish the opportunity to sit down with you because you, you're doing a great thing here. And uh, I, I just hope it builds and builds uh, and builds and reaches more and more people thank all over you. the place. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. And thank you for listening to this, by the way. Uh, you can find this podcast wherever you find your podcasts. Of course, my website, jthomasauto.ca. More to come every week. This has been Bald Tires. I'm Jay Thomas.